1: Welcome into the Fantasy Football Mailbag, a RotoViz podcast. This is the October 4th episode, and we, as always, are dedicated to answering all of your fantasy football questions. I'm your host, Mike Randall. You can follow me on Twitter at RandallRant. Today, we are talking to Nelson Souza, who is one of the true fantasy football wizards. You know the stakes that you play fantasy football at. Nelson plays it higher, and he's been more successful than you. He produces amazing content and fantasy advice over at Arbor Pro com. That's A-R-B-O-U-R Pro. He also has a mentorship program. I call it the Yoda program where you can work with him and he can guide you and show you how to win your fantasy football league. He is one of the top and I mean one of the top soothsayers in the fantasy community and he has produced legendary content such as his do not draft list which is worth joining Arbor Pro just for that alone. King of sarcasm on Twitter as well and official member of hashtag team winning. He's my personal psych He's helped me on numerous occasions, and he's even forgiven me when I return like the prodigal son after not following his advice. Please follow him on Twitter at the franchise 12 He's here ready for week five. Miami and Detroit are on buys, but Nelson's going to break down the slate for us. Nelson, sir, thank you so much for joining us on The Bag, and welcome to Rotoviz.
0: Wow, Mike, what an intro. I don't even know how I'm supposed to follow that up.
1: Well, you can follow it up with your sarcasm, you cutting me down when I have not followed you, which we'll get into a minute, and helping all of our listeners here guide them through the season. So real (laughs) excited to have you on. All right. Awesome. Nelson, we've started the mailbag this year talking to each person, each expert that we've had on about how they got their start in fantasy football. When did they really start getting into it? You are a high stakes player, the highest of anyone. That's what you do. And you're great at it. How did this all start for you? And when did you reach sort of that line of demarcation where you said, you know what, I can do this and make a lot of money at it?
0: Well, I mean I'm I'm not the I wouldn't say I'm the highest uh, of of anyone there's a lot of good high stakes players. Um it just so happens that you're lucky enough to know me. So <laughs> it's true. It's so true. <laughs> so I I was probably on your list of 5. The other 4 uh rejected your offer to come on your show. <laughs> I was the only one nice enough to come on. <laughs> So <laughs> not we true are. at all. No, way. but, I, <laughs> but uh, I, I got my start probably, it was probably back in like 2007. Um, I, you know, I was playing, you know, fantasy football in my local leagues back home and with my buddies and uh, I used to do well with it. And I started hearing about high stakes fantasy football and I've got a competitive streak in me, uh, so I wanted to test it out and see if I could, uh, if I could enter into higher stakes uh, leagues and still do well. And uh, I probably, I started, it was like 2007, 2008, right around there uh, that I started. So I've been doing it for about 11 years.
1: And talk about the mentorship program. It's something you started this year. I saw it on Twitter earlier, and I said, wow, this is a fantastic opportunity. Talk about what goes into that and how you think you can help guide some people here and give them some strategies.
0: Well, I mean, first and foremost, I'm I'm a player first um, when it comes to fantasy football. But I actually – there's another side of me that actually enjoys uh, helping others, and trying to uh have other people get better at fantasy football so like the the key for me was always through the years I I've always looked at it and said and and this again I want to throw a disclaimer out there I'm not knocking fantasy websites I'm not knocking you know content providers or anything like that but I think Because they they do provide useful information. But for a fantasy player that's kind of like a novice player or kind of trying to learn the game or just doesn't have the time to do all the research and and everything, it's difficult to just go and buy a subscription – and expect to dominate your draft and then to make the right moves uh, throughout the season with, within season management to do well. And what ends up happening is uh, most of these novice players have false expectations and then they end the year, um, you know, finishing in like sixth place or something like that in their league. And they look at it as like, well, the content was bad or, you know, I didn't have a good draft, you know, uh, I drafted a crappy team, but so for me, it was more about to get some of these players that, you know, they play in their local leagues or maybe they play in like mid stakes, um, and get them to understand that it's not just show up with a cheat sheet that has, uh, 150 you know ranked players and then just draft off of it you you can't go into a draft doing that because there's there's so much that goes into it like player flow team construction um understanding the draft flow so if let's say you're on the back end this year and you decided to take like michael thomas and like julio jones uh what are you going to do the rest of the year, your draft? Because if your highest ranked player on the three, four turn are wide receivers, now you're building a wide receiver heavy team, but you don't have an answer for your running backs and you kind of paint yourself into a corner. So it's understanding like how to construct the team, when to reach for players. Um, when you're on both ends of the draft board, wh- whether you're in like the one, two, three hole or like the 10, 12 hole, you're you're going to reach for players you have to um and be a little more aggressive than if let's say you're in the middle of the draft so i do on the mentorship program i i try to coach and and teach a lot of the subscribers how to look at a draft and and how to put together their team you know uh you know obviously i i do a lot of leagues with my uh fantasy partner uh david and um you know i get to see a lot of draft boards so i you know by you know july i'm very comfortable with the player flow so that's one part of it and then the other phase is you know a small piece of it is you know making the right lineup calls but then it's in-season management with injuries who the pickups are um try to pick up you know certain guys ahead of time before they break out, and then knowing which guys to spend your money on. So if like you have like it's a fab budget uh, rather than like a you know um, uh, like a waiver a waiver wire one through twelve type of system, you you got to know when like certain players become available who Who are the guys that you're going to spend you know let's say you have a thousand dollars uh a fab budget to work with who's going to be that guy that you're going to spend five six hundred dollars on, and is he worth it so it, it's getting them to understand you know everything that goes into it in order to be successful and then they have to decide for themselves as you know when the year's over if some, you know, like some of them are truly competitive and they want to, they want to do better and they will sacrifice and, and put in the time and effort that's needed in order to grind, you know, these fantasy leagues. You, you can come out of your draft and not have the most successful draft, but you can grind it and still make money in that league. If you just put the the time and effort in. So, you know, and then some guys are going to realize like, okay, you know, this is not for me. This, it's too much that goes into it. I'm only in a $50. I I say only, but you know, it's all relative to everybody. Sure. Yep. You you know, 50, I'm in a $50 league. This is not worth it for me. I just like to have fun and that's fine. But there's a lot of people out there where my mentorship program probably um, is something that they would be interested in. So that, that's kind of what it is in a in a nutshell. It's, you know, very hands on and it's trying to get that player to become a better fantasy player.
1: It's fantastic. And there's key inflection points that occur. There's inflection points that occur in the draft. There's times during the season when you have to be ready to pick somebody up and make a move. And that's really where it is. That's where it's going to be won or lost, those critical times. And that's where your advice is is certainly so helpful. I think there's a key inflection point right now with the Chargers. So Melvin Gordon is back. He ended his holdout. Austin Eckler is there, had a fantastic fantasy start to the season with four great great weeks, especially last week against Miami, won a lot of people money in DFS. So I'm curious, what's your view now moving forward of the Eckler role, of how Gordon's going to be? They're playing the Broncos this week, 0-4, really struggling. They're at home. How do you see Austin Eckler versus Melvin Gordon? And which one do you think is the play in DFS uh, this week on Sunday?
0: I, I think still, you know, Gordon's only a week back now. Uh, he's, I think he is going to play this week and be, you know, pretty involved, but I probably see it as more of like a 50-50 split uh this week and then eventually as, you know, we get into later in the season, I think Gordon's just going to go back to his uh usual role and I think you're going to see more of like you know, a 75-25 type of split. So, you know, Eckler will will still be involved, um, but I, I think Gordon's going to, you know, take the majority of the touches uh, from that point on. As far as, like, this week, like, who to play? Uh, you know, I'd probably, I'd probably still play Eckler because if, uh, when news comes out that, hey, Gordon's going to play and he's going to see a bunch of, You know, playing time. I think people are going to gravitate to Gordon, and I'd probably still stay with Eckler uh, this one week. Yeah, probably
1: a better value as well. Let's start when we look at the teams here. I want to get your read on the Packers and the Eagles. So the Packers enter that Thursday night game short week against an Eagles team that lost at home to Detroit, that was battling some injuries. That Packers defense was the best unit that they had there for the season, even better than the offense, which was sort of sporadic. They hit a couple touchdowns and then disappear for a couple quarters. The Packers were obliterated by the Eagles. They, I saw they put up like negative one defensive scoring in some scoring systems as well. So how surprised were you from that Packers loss? And talk about the Eagles versus the Packers moving forward here. The Eagles get to feast on the Jets, which I think is going to be a bloodbath. And the Packers now have to go on the road to a Dallas team that got knocked off against the Saints. So talk about that Thursday night game and sort of how you see the Eagles and Packers moving forward.
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of the uh, Packers going into the season this year. I, I didn't like the coaching hires uh, when they brought in LaFleur and uh, Hackett as the OC. So I'm actually surprised that they've had this uh, early success. But um, I I think there's definitely a um, uh, possibility for things to unravel uh, pretty quickly, especially with Adams now uh, out probably the the next couple of weeks. Uh, With that injury, I think the offense is going to struggle moving forward. And then um, as far as Philadelphia, I think they're, overall, they're a good team. I I think they're terrible for fantasy-wise, but if we're just talking like in real-life football, I think the, the Eagles are Probably an up and coming team that should start stringing wins together. Um, I I do think though the play that I think makes the most sense for them is somehow to get Jalen Ramsey uh, away from yep. the Jaguars. Absolutely. And I I know they're the team that offered the two first round picks uh, to the Jaguars, and the you know the GM of the Jaguars went back to the owner Shad Khan and and he. He's just rejecting every offer. So I, I know the Chiefs are heavily interested, you know, in Ramsey. But I, I think Ramsey would make huge amount of sense for the Eagles because that basically takes away half the field, and and that's what they're missing. I mean, right now their their secondary is probably maybe the worst in football, and I think Ramsey just makes that a difference maker. I mean, they're a lead against the run. They probably can get a pass rush on the quarterback if the corners actually could stay within five feet of the wide receiver. Um, so I, I think that's the one piece that they're missing to the puzzle.
1: Yeah, they're last in sacks. Only three sacks on the year. The Eagles not generating pressure. Do you think there was smoke behind that rumor? Because I'm a big Dallas Goddard guy. That Zach Ertz could have been included as well in a trade. I thought that was real interesting when that sort of came out on social media. Do you think there's any any truth to that?
0: I think there's a possibility uh, because you know Dallas Goddard um, is a pretty good tight end, and I think a lot of people uh, see it that if you know, Ertz ever got hurt or let's say he did get traded, you know, Godard probably is a plug and play type of uh, guy. But um, I also do know that like Zach Ertz and Wentz are like best friends. So I don't think that was going to be received well uh, in the locker room and with, you know, their quarterback. So I think they're trying to, you know, do a deal involving just draft picks at this point.
1: Uh, that's a really good point. Yes, of course. It's like the uh, Bible study class, Nelson, between Will Disley and Russell Wilson. Sometimes those <laughs> connections can be strong. One of the legendary pieces you write every year is your Do Not Draft list. And you and I went back and forth because I really struggled, like I said, at the end of the second, beginning of the third round turn there in drafts. Top of that list on that Do Not Draft list was just fantastic. I remember hearing you on the Roto Underworld pod. You were talking to Matt Kelly. I was grilling some birds. Burgers in the summer, and you mentioned Damian Williams. And of course, I agreed with you, but then you get in the draft room there, and I want to lock in value, and I don't want to bonk, and Lashawn McCoy wasn't on the team yet, and I said, I don't like him, but if I can get the whole backfield here, at least I'll lock in an RB1 at some point. But sure enough, of course, you hated Williams. It ended up being a terrible pick. Now he's in a in, a, in a three-man, maybe four-man backfield even. Are you a believer in LaShawn McCoy moving forward? I'm kind of hoping that LaShawn McCoy takes the larger role in, in the closer games. But what do you think about this backfield? You nailed Damian Williams, but is it just going to be a mess the rest of the year? Or do you think someone
0: will finally emerge? Uh, honestly, I think it's going to be a mess because, I, I mean, in the closer games, if you're hoping for LaShawn McCoy to kind of be the, the go-to guy in the second half, the I mean, look, look at it. You know, this past week against Detroit, they were in a tight uh, game uh, all game long, and the guy that they trusted down the stretch was Darrell Williams. Crazy. Crazy. So, uh, the way I look, and to me, when I'm watching the games, Darrell Williams looks like the best back there uh, to me. So, I mean, obviously, I'm biased because I, you know, faded Damian Williams, um, so you know, personally, for my own gain, uh, you know, Damian Williams not having a huge share of the workload benefits me. But, you know, uh, Darrell Williams, I think, is done enough that if they decide not to go with just like one or two guys, I think it's going to be like a three-headed monster for the time being. And then eventually, I think Andy Reid's going to have to make a decision on – uh you know, maybe go with one guy uh, eventually. But right now it's working where it doesn't matter who they put uh, back there in the backfield. You know, they're going to get Tyreek Hill back. So I think the offense is going to move regardless. But I think when we get into colder weather and, you know, things start tightening up and it's getting windy and it's like, you know, 10 degrees out or 20 degrees out I think and you have to run the ball it'll be interesting to see who they decide to kind of go with
1: very true. And someone that you mentioned as well, who you think could have a really big year with Sammy Watkins. You said something on that same pod, like, you know, Sammy Watkins could have sort of that breakout year and then go back to just being normal Sammy Watkins. And certainly after week one, it looked true. Now they lost Tyreek Hill. He's gotten targets, but just hasn't converted them here. How do you feel about Watkins now moving forward? Now with Hill potentially coming back very soon, that could kind of help him. I, I think Watkins after that week Week one performance. Everyone was on him. Now people have cooled. He may still be a trade target right now because he could still pop in this offense.
0: Yeah. So you got Tyreek Hill coming back to practice. And with that news, if I'm in a trading league, I'm looking to acquire Kelsey or Sammy Watkins because, I mean, both guys kind of haven't done anything. Um, well, Kelsey hasn't really, you know, I think he's kind of performed under expectations. Watkins since week one hasn't done anything special. So those would be my two trade targets because I actually agree with you that with Tyreek coming back, it actually helps both guys.
1: So, Nelson operates under the belief that Tyreek Hill helps the Chiefs pass catchers. I agree. And Endochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. Men feel good when the suits look right. You sort of feel better about yourself. And Endochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, everything to your exact measurements for a great fit. Best part is that they're affordable, and all of their custom clothing is under $400. process is real simple simple, folks. Choose your fabric, pick your customizations, and submit your measurements. The package gets delivered straight to your door in just two weeks. You can get measured and design your suit at the nearest Endochino showroom, or do it all online at endochino.com. So right now, start your style upgrade. You get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at endochino.com when you enter Blue Wire at the checkout. Shipping is free. That's endochino.com. Promo code is BLUEWIRE. $30 off. That total purchase of 399 or more an incredible deal made to measure clothing for you you really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that just doesn't fit nelson one-fourth of the real nfl season is behind us so we head into week five now let's talk a little buy low these are underachieving fantasy players and my question is are they buys at their current value or are you just saying you know what this is a preview of the season to come Let's start with Arizona quarterback Kyler Murray. He has not been running as much. The Cliff Kingsbury air raid has really not come to fruition. He had two back-to-back 300-yard passing games, but the offense really isn't clicking there. They've had a tough schedule to start the year. Are you a believer in Kyler Murray moving forward?
0: Yes, I think he's a buy low. I, I think they're still everyone's still learning the offense. Um, I think there's a lot of moving pieces. They didn't uh, practice that new offense live in the preseason they kept everything vanilla so i think and and the difficult start to the season um i also think that the uh defense uh you know missing patrick peterson and then their other starting corner i believe got hurt yep Mm -hmm. um I, I think that's kind of hurt them a little bit because they they've always been like behind the eight ball to start the game, um, which you know for most people you would look at it as like oh well that's good you know they they should be airing it out and everything but I I think as the season progresses I think you'll see Murray get you know more and more comfortable in the offense and I think you'll see them perform a lot better. Um, Than what they have so I would definitely Be buying low on those guys
1: Another quarterback is Atlanta Atlanta's Matt Ryan now Matt Ryan's had a very interesting year. He is first in completed air yards, second in passing yards. He's thrown eight touchdowns, but he really hasn't performed to the level that people would say he's having a strong year. It's been in comeback mode. It's been garbage time. Of course, Atlanta's really struggling. Right now, he's 10th among quarterbacks and eight with about 18.9 fantasy points per game. This Atlanta offense has way too much talent. Their offensive line, they added two pieces, but it's really not giving a lot of protection to Ryan. They had to Houston this week, I think that's a huge fantasy lotto spot with points that could be scored all over the place. But what do you do with Matt Ryan? He was QB two overall last year, but he really has struggled this year so far.
0: Yeah. So the, the funny thing is people look at it as he struggled, but when you look, he's thrown for over 300 yards every game so far this True. year. So yeah. it, I mean, the yards are there. It's just the touchdowns. And then just overall, when you're, you're watching the games, you, you see that this team's struggling. And I go back to, you know, a huge piece of it uh, is definitely the um, offensive line play. Uh, So you're you're seeing it in New England right now with uh, the Patriots, their their offensive line struggling because of injuries and and other factors. So an offensive line that gels, comes together, um, it makes a huge difference in the all the position players, the running back, the quarterback, the receivers. I think that's what you're seeing in Atlanta. Like, you know, when he drops back, the pass rushers are getting to him pretty quickly. So I, I, you know, I think they've suffered, you know, a couple of injuries uh, along the offensive line. I think it's going to take them a little bit to just, you know, kind of build that up, get get experience with each other. And then I I think you're going to see, you know, them take off, you know, later this year.
1: Someone who was selected in the first round, maybe late first round, early second round, was Bengals running back Joe Mixon. His results, Nelson, this year in PPR, RB58, RB46, RB10 against Buffalo, RB32 last week. Now, the Buffalo game's misleading. He had 18 rushing yards in the first half and sort of came on there in the second half when the Bills were turning it over. But he's one of those few guys, we talked about Melvin Gordon before, three down back, catches passes, gets the goal line carries, Is he a trade target? I know this Bengals team is a dumpster fire, but he's one of the few guys that's not in an RBBC. They haven't used Giovanni Bernard as much as you would think. I still think he's a go-to guy. Is he a trade target or are the Bengals just so bad it's not worth it?
0: Yeah. See, I'm I'm a Mixon fan, but I don't know how the season's going to play out. I actually think it's worth the gamble to trade for him uh, because I think his value is about as low as it can get. Um I just don't know if that's going to turn around. I don't know if uh AJ Green is even going to come back uh to this team. I think that would be a huge help to him. I think if you had AJ Green uh back, I think that would help. The offensive line needs to get better obviously. That was a huge red flag going into the season. Um I I don't feel good at, about it as far as him turning it around, but I think it's, it's worth the gamble.
1: I agree. I think it's worth a gamble. I think he can absolutely produce. in another player, different position, who a lot of expectations preseason. I had a lot. I had high expectations as well as Jaguars wide receiver Dede Westbrook. He was lighting up the preseason, catching slant passes. It seemed like he was going to be a target monster in that offense. Now Nick falls out, Gardner Minshew in. He's been Gardner Minshew has been fantastic, better than any of us could have thought. But D.D. Westbrook's had trouble with drops. Really hasn't come together. DJ Char- Chark has taken over as sort of the top wide receiver there. What's your thought on D.D. Westbrook, rest of schedule?
0: Uh, I probably wouldn't be buying him. Uh, He wasn't a guy that I was uh, actively looking to draft. Um, He was just, he was moving up the boards pretty quickly. Um, And I I felt that, uh, you know, Chark being there and then also Chris Conley at the time, it was Foles at quarterback until he got injured. Um, They have a pretty good rapport uh with each other and i think that's dating back to like when they were in kansas city together so i i'd probably say that i think Foles is supposed to come back this year at some point right i think he is supposed to
1: be the question is what are they going to do i mean i know he's paid him a lot of money but could this be a matt flynn situation
0: maybe They, they they might say even when he's healthy they might just leave you know Minshew in there but um I'd probably say – I mean it, the offense revolves around Fournette, and then it looks like they you know, spread the ball around. Even at the goal line, they're going to their uh, tight ends. So I, I probably wouldn't be buying low on Westbrook.
1: I was on the Move the Line podcast at the Quant Edge last night with Ryan Noonan and Connor Allen and we talked about Will Fuller. So this Texan passing game, of course, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be fine. You don't worry about DeAndre Hopkins. But a lot of people have invested Nelson money in DFS in the Will Fuller breakout. He's missed on a couple long passes, sometimes they've been short. He's had to come back to the ball. Last week there was a couple deep bombs that he was overthrown a little bit by Watson. Is Will Fuller coming around? Is this going to be the Will Fuller week or Or is Kenny Stills' presence, now he's going to be out for a couple weeks, but is that really just sort of stifling Fuller a little bit? Where are you on Will Fuller?
0: Uh, It's funny you say that because I actually think that that's the game to target this week in DFS. Totally agree. I'd probably say that if you're going to try to buy Will Fuller, you have to do it before Sunday because that's the guy I think that could go off in that game.
1: I totally agree with you. And last one here for buy or sell, Steelers wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster. He is not, it seems like, your typical diva wide receiver, right? He's not going to throw his helmet on the sideline. He was consoling Deontay Johnson when he fumbled last week. Sort of not a guy who necessarily is going to go around to the coach and say, you have to get me the ball. But we have Mason Rudolph now. They were trying the Wildcat. And Juju was, again, like Mixon, a late first round, early second round sort of draft pick who's been underachieving. So do you think Juju gets that target share? Or do you think you know maybe he's we just have to knock down expectations and consider him a wide receiver too, rest- the season?
0: I think, I mean, Rudolph can sling the ball, so I, I'm not too worried about Juju kind of being phased out of this offense. Um, plus, he's one of those receivers that it's impossible to hate him. I mean, I, I love the dude, uh, just a really good kid. So I, I'd probably say that um, he's not going to stir the pot he's he's going to keep doing what he's doing and i think eventually um once they kind of the oc's just got to unleash rudolph cuz i think rudolph he's kind of athletic can move around in the pocket and he's got the arm uh to throw the ball around the field i think they just got to open up the offense a little bit and once they do that i think that's going to help juju cuz right now teams are you know focused on juju knowing they're looking at it as like well that's not big ben you know back there and the offensive line has been struggling until you know this past monday night with running the ball so it's kind of like you know the attention's been on juju i think once you see like deontay johnson getting involved you know scoring a touchdown here and there the run game gets going i think that's going to loosen things up
1: nelson what's your favorite american band of all time
0: Oh man! Like maybe Jonas Brothers, maybe like <laughs> New Kids on the Block, lo- Loved in Sync back in the day. <laughs> New Kids on the Block, huh? Yeah, that's that's like right up my alley. <laughs> Is back that in the day. Same
1: <laughs> yeah, same Della Cavarecchi's, right? <laughs> with, with the Fandrala, of course. Yeah, of yeah, course.
0: absolutely. Uh, no, but seriously, I, I I actually like all types of music. Um, so it's hard to say. Like, I have like a favorite. I, I'd probably say like. You know, Arrow Smith Yeah, excellent. Um, I like their music.
1: I got a question here, a QB question from a listener. Person is a Bears fan, obviously. Am I crazy? I think Chase Daniel's an upgrade for Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky hasn't played well. Daniel was solid against a tough defensive opponent in the, in the Vikings last week with no prep. They're headed over to London this week. week. Here comes the Raiders, Khalil Mack, revenge game, the whole bit. Could Chase Daniel be a low-end QB1 or high-end QB2 in this offense for the next couple weeks?
0: I picked him up last night on on some teams that were hurting at quarterback, and that's what I'm rolling out there. So I I believe in Chase Daniel. I I think he could be a uh, low-end QB1 this week. You know, I'm curious
1: who you like better as a play there in DFS because you have David Montgomery who's been getting increasing touches every single week. He's had 16-plus touches each of the last three weeks. And then you have Alan Robinson who connected with Chase Daniel, seven receptions, 77 yards, was highly targeted. Going over the pond in London, I remember the Mercedes Lewis game of a couple of years ago. He had three touchdowns in that game. Just weird stuff happens. Do you think one of those guys is the play or are you just kind of like, you know, I'm going to go with Daniel and just hope that he produces with a variety
0: of weapons? I mean, it's no secret that I I wasn't a fan of David Montgomery. Yep, that's why I know, asked, com- yep. <laughs> <laughs> coming out of the draft, uh, wasn't a fan of his landing spot at all. Still not a fan. But in DFS, you look at the price, and it seems like it's pretty obvious, especially with his uh, touches ramping up, that um, – for most people, what's scary, though, is it's almost like for most people, he's going to be a no-brainer type of play. And when that happens, I I look at that as like, that's just bad chalk. Yep. And like
1: Paul Richardson last week. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'd probably leave it alone. I'd be more interested in Robinson. Um, if you wanted to get like real crazy, you could go like Chase Daniel with like Trey Burton. Oh, uh, yeah. Something like that. But uh, I'd probably, yeah, I'm probably fading Montgomery. Uh, I don't know as far as what kind of ownership we're looking at, but um, I got to think early on right now this week, from what I'm hearing, is that, you know, he's going to be pretty popular.
1: All right. Now it's real DFS time. Uh, week five's on the horizon here, Nelson. I want to win a million dollars. I've had it. Okay. So when I go to arborpro.com, it says that you have over a million dollars in career earnings. I want a million dollars. You've won it. Look into your crystal ball here for our listeners. Give us one player, one or two players at each position QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end that you think are sort of sneaky DFS plays this week that could pop for people.
0: Okay. And this is, so this is all based, Around trying to win a million dollars beating like 300,000 people. I
1: want the home run lottery ticket, you know, go for broke guy. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So at quarterback, I think the solid play is Matt Ryan this week. I could see him being the uh, highest fantasy uh, quarterback. Um, I think the kind of like the uh, sneaky play would be Luke Falk. Ooh. Actually. Ooh, interesting. Running back, I, I think probably let's not get too crazy with running backs. I, I'd say plug-and-play David Johnson and Dalvin Cook in the lineup, and it's okay to you know have some guys that are not kind of like off-the-wall picks uh, at a couple of the positions. Wide receiver, I'd probably say uh, Julio, Michael Thomas are all solid. Um, Kiki Cote. And Will Fuller are probably. So
1: you like that Houston Atlanta game like I do? That's the one you said. Yep. Okay.
0: Yeah. So I'd be stacking that game. And then I also like uh, Robbie Anderson uh, paired up with Luke Falk and and just see if they could do some damage against the Eagles. You you figure Eagles are going to be, you know, should be way ahead in that game. And. He could get a lot of garbage time.
1: But no possibility Sam Darnold plays, right? We're hearing that floated, but I
0: doubt that. No, I don't think he plays this week. And then at tight end, I think the guy that I'm going to use, uh, as my only tight end in DFS is going to be Lance Kendricks. Really? He's like minimum priced, dirt cheap. No one's going to play him because, well, he's not very good. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, there's there's nothing there for the Chargers and I want to say when I was watching that game I haven't looked at the box score but uh, that game last week I saw him catch a couple of passes uh, in that game so it made me you know just write it down uh, to look back and and take a look at like snap counts and things like that and and everything so uh, they just put Sean Culkin on IR they have no tight end until Henry comes back Inman went on IR. Uh, big Mike Williams right now is still banked up, banged up. So I probably, I think that's the guy I, I probably for his price, he doesn't have to do much.
1: No, it's very true. Ran 17 routes last week uh, on Player Profiler, has a 94th percentile agility score. He has an 89th percentile Spark X score. So he's definitely a guy here who could pop, who could, you know, very underrated. That's a great, great call there. Nelson, I'm a gin martini guy. TJ Hernandez joined us a bunch of weeks ago, talked about his strong aversion to IPAs. So I want to know the go-to drink of choice when you're setting your lineups on a Friday night in the Sousa household. <laughs>
0: Uh, I'm, I'm boring, man. I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, club soda, uh, sparkling water kind of guy. I'm, I'm, I'm a boring guy. Are you a white claw? Is, is a white claw hit you or no? Oh man. L- listen, my last name Souza. I'm Portuguese, just like Evan Silva. <laughs> but this whole white claw thing, I don't know where that came from because Portuguese people do not drink white claw. <laughs>
1: Very, very true. Fantasy Football Momentum Time. This is sponsored by FFBCast. Visit FFBCast.com for your fantasy league's very own custom podcast. They record podcasts for your fantasy league. Their quick clips episode gives you a video option where FFBCast will live stream the recording on their Twitch channel. Don't forget about their weekly recaps. You, can, they, you have an option there where you can have industry experts make guest appearances on the pod. Follow them on Twitter at FFBCast. Check them out Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Nelson, my question here, are these players going to keep their momentum off the week four performance? So these players had big week four performances. And do you think they keep it going? Or do you think they sort of fall off there and keep the frenetic, volatile year that they've had so far? Uh, Assume half PPR for all of these. A.J. Brown of the Titans had three targets, three receptions, 94 yards, two touchdowns. Does
0: he maintain a wide receiver three rest of schedule? A.J. Brown is a playmaker. But he's playing less than half the snaps, so I just don't think that he can keep that up, especially in a a run first offense that has you know Corey Davis, Delaney Walker, Adam Humphreys. There's just too many options, so I'd probably say no.
1: Next is Austin Hooper. He's been fantastic as a fantasy tight end. Eleven targets, nine receptions, 130 yards last week was better the week before even. But Calvin Ridley not involved. Mohamed Sanu is. Is this a situation where it's going to be a Ridley game or a Hooper game? Or do you think Hooper is going to be a pretty consistent top five tight end for the rest of the schedule?
0: Yeah, I'd be buying him. I, I think that that's what you're seeing is that he's um, becoming the number two behind Julio uh, in that offense. He's athletic enough and it, you saw you know parts of it last year. And I think that now you're seeing that this is going to be his breakout year.
1: Nobody likes Jordan Howard. No one does. But he had 115 total yards, three touchdowns there against Green Bay. Miles Sanders is there, but they like Howard certainly in the red zone near the goal line, and he's actually catching a few passes. Buy or sell Jordan Howard? Momentum as a high-end RB2 rest a schedule.
0: I'd be I'd be selling him. I'm I'm just not a I'm not a big believer in Jordan Howard. Um and that the way they mix up that backfield you just never know so i'd be be trying uh to see if there's like some owner that's desperate for running back. And I'd be trying to pair him in a wide receiver and, and try to get the best player out of the deal.
1: This next player is injured. So his status is up in the air for the Monday night game. Jarvis Landry, eight receptions, 167 receiving yards, finally had a big game and the Browns offense clicked as a result. Do you think when he returns from the injury, whether it's this week or the following week that Landry keeps that momentum going, or do you think he's going to shrink back to his five reception, four reception sort of season he had up to this point?
0: I think he's going to be inconsistent. So uh, he's definitely, I think that's probably his best game of the year. You saw it last week. So I'd probably be selling him. And, of course, David
1: Johnson, you touched on this before. David Johnson owners may start getting a little frustrated, but he did pop with eight receptions, 99 receiving yards last week, but he is struggling on the ground. I think he's going to have a monster week at the Bengals here. So do you think that David Johnson is someone that, if you have an opportunity to acquire, you should jump on board right now?
0: Yeah, I'd be be trying to buy him uh, because I I think that he's just going to improve Uh, in that offense as they continue to gel together the offensive line was definitely a huge weakness for them but like with anything even if they're below average uh, they get some time to work together you know they get coached up Uh, i think that's going to help only help david johnson as the year goes on what is the best birthday or christmas gift you received as a child oh jeez um,
1: Most have said like some sort of computer video game system. That's what I've heard so far. Oh, S- Sega Genesis. Of course. When that first came out. Oh, Street Fighter, right? Uh, NHL yeah. Hockey, Madden, of course. Yeah, that was the game. Question here about the Vikings. Vikings offense has been a complete dumpster fire. Thielen and Diggs are indirectly or directly calling the coaching staff out. Run first mentality. I think I, we talked last night. I think they're running at a 70% clip on offense. I mean, that's unheard of. Do you see this changing? What should Diggs and Thielen owners do moving forward? Do you think that they're a buy low? Diggs could get moved. Do you think that the the coaching staff is going to come around? What do you do here with the Vikings?
0: Um, I'd be selling, but uh, if you wanted to gamble that, you know, all the rumors that where there's smoke, there's fire, and that Diggs could get moved, um, you could try buying, but it would have to be for very cheap because even if Diggs gets moved, it it actually could end up being just a lateral move because you got to keep in mind when wide receivers get traded to another team, uh, they usually struggle Excellent with picking point. up the, yep. the, the playbook and the chemistry with the quarterback. Uh, I probably say that in all my years of playing fantasy football, the one guy, because it was recent comes to mind as Amari Cooper actually, uh, performed better getting traded to the Cowboys last year. Uh, than his situation, but most of the time they just kind of struggle on a new team.
1: Well, Nelson is selling the Vikings and when you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you should take a look at shipstation.com. It's fast, easiest and the most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. I've had a great experience with ShipStation myself. Gets the orders out quickly, saves money on shipping costs, whether you're using Amazon, Etsy, your own website, ShipStation brings your orders into one simple interface. It works with all the major carriers, UPS, FedEx, even Amazon fulfillment. You can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you or the customer. They offer big discounts on shipping costs. You can use your business to access the same postage discounts that are usually reserved for those large Fortune 500 companies. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. Right now, Blue Wire podcast listeners, you can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the offer code BLUE. There's no risk. Start your free trial even without entering your credit card info, which is always a bonus. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com enter offer code blue shipstation.com make that ship happen and now we're going to make our week five lightning round happen nelson pick a player that you think will have a bigger week five performance so two players going head to head just tell me which one you like better bigger quarterback smash play russell wilson on thursday night against the rams or carson Wentz at home against the jets uh russell wilson two road wide receivers Allen Robinson heading over the pond against the Raiders or Hollywood Brown at the Steelers Robinson running back Nick Chubb at San Francisco on Monday Night Football off his big week against the Ravens or Marlon Mack against Kansas City on Sunday Night Football Nick Chubb and then wide receiver bounce back Michael Thomas hasn't been great he's at home against the Bucks. that's always a festive game or Amare Cooper at home against a good Green Bay Secondary Michael Thomas and better rookie streaming tight end play, Dawson Knox, who sort of popped in Buffalo, who's at Tennessee, or Noah Fant, who's coming around. I think he's top eight in routes run by tight ends against the
0: Chargers. Dawson Knox.
1: All right. Nelson, what's the best sporting event you ever attended in person?
0: Uh, It's got to be probably uh, Game 7, Red Sox-Yankees at Yankee Stadium. Oh, what a great one. Oh, my God. Yeah, in the... Uh what was it? The ALCS when uh, they were, the Red Sox were down like three zero in that series yeah. and came back to win four in a row. How did you get to that game? That must have been tremendous. Oh, it was huge. It was the it, it was a fun atmosphere. Um, you know, being a Red Sox fan at Yankee Stadium is not always fun, but it, it was a it was really cool atmosphere.
1: I had friends at that game, and I remember they said at the end everything cleared out. And all the Red Sox fans came down to the lower level. I mean that must have been just an incredible feeling.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty neat.
1: All right, Nelson, you've been fantastic. A ton of great insight. I got one more question and then we will let you go we always talk about how you can't win your fantasy league just on the draft. We talked about that with your mentorship program, how it's a fluid situation. But if you bonk on those early picks or someone that you invested a lot of draft capital in does not perform, that can really cripple you. So who is a player or two that had a lot of draft capital that maybe people are trying to hold on to? Or maybe they've actually had a good start to the year and you think, listen, this is not sustainable. And if you hang on to this player, even though they had your, your first round or your second round pick, that that could really cripple your season? Who's a guy or two that you think people should try to get rid of either
0: because they had a bad start or because they had a good start and you don't think it's sustainable? Uh, the guy that sticks out to me is Nick Chubb. I'd be trying to sell him um, eventually. You, you can ride the wave right now, but I think when Kareem Hunt uh, comes back off of suspension, I think they're gonna, going to use the, him so I would probably be selling Chubb.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, the passing game usage. I mean, Dontrell Hilliard is getting some looks there in the passing game, so you're not buying the fact that Chubb is going to be able to get those three targets a game. You think that when Hunt comes back, it's going to be sort of more of a, what do you think, 65-35 sort of situation?
0: Yeah, something like that, and I think Hunt would be the guy that's going to get some of that passing down work that Hilliard's been getting. Uh, So I think Chubb's upside is not going to be as high.
1: You know, one of the teams, I I just did an article where I was writing on who I liked for Super Bowl wins for their odds, and I talked about San Francisco. They're a plus 2,200. How do you think that game on Monday night will go? You have the Browns going out there who are hot off the win. You have the Niners coming off a bye. Niners defense is pretty solid. How do you think that's going to go there between Cleveland and San Francisco
0: on Monday night? Um, I think San Francisco wins that game. I, I haven't looked at the uh, the spread uh, at this point. Who, who's favored in that game? Is it San Fran?
1: Yeah, Sam, yeah, right now it's interesting. So right now they have San Fran favored by three and a half. It opened at four. Uh, again, as you could imagine, knee-jerk reaction. Most money is coming in on Cleveland, but it's close.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd probably, I, I, I'm I a believer in San Fran. They, they actually have a really solid defense. And I think the offense is only going to get better right now. They kind of have like this merry-go-round of, uh, just, you know, average wide receivers there. Uh, Kittle hasn't gotten going yet. Um, but I, I think, I think eventually, uh, you're going to see Sam Fran as like a potential contender in the AFC West.
1: Folks, Nelson Souza, an amazing job. We covered seasonal, we covered DFS, his Do Not Draft list. You got to check him out on arborpro.com. His mentorship program is fantastic. I need to enroll in it. That's what I need to do. Nelson, you have to follow him on Twitter, at the Franchise 12 Just a great wealth of information, knows game strategy, exactly how you should position yourself. And again, he talks about the fluidity of fantasy football if you really want to win that title. Nelson, fantastic job. Can't thank you. Enough, man. Appreciate a few minutes.
0: I appreciate you having me on the show.
1: Thank you for listening to RotoViz Radio. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the Fantasy Football Mailbag RotoViz Radio feed. Contact us via email, rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so follow us on Twitter, at rotovizradio and at Randall Rant. Make sure you tell a friend, and don't forget to sign up for a 10% discount on our podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcasts. It's a no-brainer, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Sugar Ray Leonard. Roberto Duran.